can be difficult being indifferent in the society that labels what's normal and what's abnormal. Yet, it shouldn't stop you from doing what's normal to you and your choice of lifestyle. With that being said, am I really a weirdo? Am I just being normal? This is the Young Psychologist Podcast. what psychologists would do uh, during their outing, during their free time, they would observe people and then to you know, try to ponder about are these behaviours really abnormal or uh, are these um, behaviours abnormal. So I can still remember very much that there's an online meme sharing that about um, how do you know you're a psychologist. So you know that you're a psychologist when uh, there's a beautiful lady or a handsome man walk into a room Instead of looking at the person, you would actually look at the people sitting in the room and you observe their behaviours, observe their reaction and that's when you know you're a psychologist. So that's pretty much what I will do most of the time as well. I do a lot of observations and, and as well as you know trying to think, trying to see that uh, how these behaviours reflect this person's identity. So that's today what we're going to talk about to identify what are normal and abnormal behaviors. Right, so maybe we can start off by me having a scenario for everyone here listening. Then we can try to you know go into the scenario and then to identify these behaviors whether they are normal and abnormal. I usually like to do um, a scenario kind of um, discussions, even with my patients, with my clients. I would like to help them uh, identify or help them imagine a scenario, and then they can um, come to awareness or have better insights when. I bring them through a scenario that is more relatable to their life. So right, the scenario goes like this. So try to imagine that you're in a friend's party and everyone's uh, lighting up the party, the party's going wild and crazy, and everyone's having fun, everyone's uh, you know, partying, doing what p- party people do. Right, so then suddenly you're seeing a man in a corner, um, he's just holding a drink, standing in the corner, look nervous, at the same time, you can see that he's nervously looking around the whole place. 
right? So you can see that he's clenching his drink towards himself. And then he's just being very nervous. So that you decided to walk up to him and have, you know, have a small chat. Right? And then what you get was um, he actually look at you when you ask, uh, ask him like, hey, how are you? He will just look at you nervously staring you down. And you can see him sweating, starting to sweat. And his hands are clenching his drink, drink even tighter. And then while you're waiting for his response, he just abruptly dismissed you and he just left the party eventually. And then you were there left standing, being so confused, you don't know what to do, what had ha- what has happened, right? So given that you're in this situation, right, when you saw this man with this reaction, would you think that this behavior is normal given that it's in this circumstance, in this situation, right? Because in a party, you're seeing that everyone's are being happy, everyone's are cheerful, everyone's enjoying the party, and then this man is obviously not really enjoying the party, and he's even nervous still, right? So, it's obviously, it's an abnormal um, behavior, right? Because it's out of norm, out of societal norm that you wouldn't expect in a party. So obviously, everyone would, even I myself would think that it's an abnormal behavior, because it's not, not something you expect, right? Mm, so, what if later on, okay, so going back to the scenario, later on you came, you came to realize that actually this person has a severe, has a background of being abused, being discriminated by people, and then he has been isolated by his own friends and even family. And he also has an underlying psychological diagnosis of um, social anxiety disorder. So after knowing all this um, background of his right, would you still think that he, his behavior in that situation is abnormal? I would say that pretty much after knowing that, right, you would think that it's, it's actually a normal reaction for people, especially people who are dealing with social anxiety disorder. Because people with high, high anxiety or even fearful in social, social situations, they would tend to react this way where they are nervous, they don't know what to expect and they don't know, and they wouldn't know how to respond to um, social conversations. So... It's actually, after knowing that, right, it can actually seem that it is a normal reaction for them, especially for this man to react in this um, party. So, in the end, right, um, for a behavior to consider, as norm, to consider as normal or abnormal, I would say that it wouldn't just be by the sufficient things that we have observed, right? After knowing that, right, it can be a normal behavior given his background, his experiences. So this is the thing that I realize in, in our society nowadays. You know, society would tend to just label um, behaviors or label persons by just seeing the superficial um, things, seeing the surface level instead of going into a deep um, comprehensive background and understanding their stories to really see that these behaviors are um, normal or, or abnormal. But I can truly understand that why the society would, um, would um, react I mean, would label because the definition of normal is going with the social norms and abnormal is against the social norm, right? So, and as a member of the society, we would see that if this behavior is against our social norm, that it's not in align with our social values, then we will see see them as an abnormal behavior. But if we try to stand in that person's point of view or stand in their shoes, right, you see that it's actually a normal reaction. So by labeling a person with a term abnormal, it's actually quite discriminating, quite, quite 
um, stigmatizing and actually quite um, hurtful for them. Try imagine that you were you were this man in this social event, and then um, you are being labeled as an abnormal person, or you are being labeled as a weirdo. It can be quite hurtful, right? Because they are already going through such high anxiety, high fearful, and come on, this person, this man, actually t- took up the courage to go into a social event, which is, I would say, a big accomplishment for this person. But then try imagine that they are being responded with. Um, terms such as abnormal, weirdo, weird, it can be quite hurtful and quite demotivating as well, right? So that's the thing that I would like to share here today is that when we're identifying the behavior as normal or abnormal, let's try to see in their shoe, try to fit into their um, stories to see whether are this really an, a normal reaction or is it really an abnormal reaction that would need a further, um, let's say, psychological intervention or for, that would highlight some concerns in their reaction, right? So that's in a way is one of the examples. So some other maybe some other examples of how we can see normal or abnormal behaviors are, let's say, um, when we are experiencing an increased heart rate. In a normal circumstance, for us to experience increased heart rate, then let let's say when we're exercising. So people will obviously the body reaction, the normal body reaction is to increase our heart rate to get in more oxy- oxygen for the body because we are exercising, the body is moving, right? But it can be quite an abnormal reaction when our heart rate suddenly increase out of the blue, like when you're just walking down uh, through the shopping mall and then suddenly you're experiencing an increased heart rate. So it can be quite abnormal and it can be quite constantly as well. So this, um, for a normal person, it can it is a it is an abnormal reaction. But for a person who are dealing with um let's say panic disorder, these symptoms are just a form of panic attacks. And these reactions for them, for persons with panic disorder, is in fact a normal behavior, a normal reaction because they are dealing with anxiety, going out, and they are dealing with their um, psychological disorder, right? And for and what if let's say uh, another senior would be, uh, in your first job interview, right? You just um, graduated and you are going for a first job interview. Of course, a normal reaction that people would um experience is nervousness, right? You are feeling nervous. You are having butterfly in your stomach, and these are all normal reaction because it's an interview and you you were very much um. You put a lot of expectation in this interview and then you will, and you want to put your very best to the interviewer. So of course you will naturally feel nervous nervous and it's a normal behavior. But it can be quite abnormal for us when we are feeling um, nervousness in most social situations. Like let's say you are going out like for um for the example like the man just now going to a social party or going out um, grocery shopping or just maybe just going out of your home. If you are feeling nervousness, right, going out of your home, then it can be quite concerning in a psychologist's point of view. Lah. Because it's really, it's out of the blue, it's abnormal. But again, it can be a normal reaction for persons who are dealing with social anxiety disorder, um, agoraphobia, which is the fear of going, uh, going out um, of their comfort zone, going to open spaces, right? These are normal reactions for them. So yeah. Again, going back to labeling what's normal and what's abnormal. So by standing towards this person's point of view, we can see that these are all normal reactions. 
So I wouldn't um, encourage people to just label them as normal or, or abnormal and to discriminate them against just by knowing the official um, story without going into um, their stories and understanding what are the things that they're experiencing. Right. So um, I would say that in conclusion, abnormal behaviors to us can be a normal behavior to that particular individual and we wouldn't want to just um, put a label on everything, right? I mean, the society right now love, um, loves to put labels in everything, like labeling this is a good behavior, this is a bad behavior, uh, knowing that what should be done, what sh shouldn't be done. The society tends to gravitate towards putting label. Although um, these are things that normally the society do does, but it doesn't mean that it has to be done, right? And we, right now, having the knowledge we would understand better whether it's good to label them or it's, you know, try to stay in their shoes to understand them better. So maybe right now you'll be wondering, hey Jefferson, if you said like this, right, that everything is normal behavior lah. So there's nothing abnormal, so I don't have to go, so I don't have to be worried about my um, behaviors, I don't have to be worried about my symptoms. So then uh, nobody will want to visit a psychiatrist or nobody will want to visit a clinical psychologist. Because or the behaviors that you said are all normal behaviors, right? So I don't have to be concerned about this, lah, right? Mm, actually, to this, um, I would say that a yes and no, because yes, um, all abnormal behaviors can be normal at some point of time, and it can be normal to that particular individual. But it doesn't mean that you shouldn't go to seek for a mental health support. You wouldn't be much concerned about these behaviors because these behaviors can, in fact influence your um, daily living and can in fact uh, has an impact on your life so i wouldn't say that because um, these behaviors can be normal to you that you shouldn't raise concern yeah so with that i would like to suggest that a different term for labeling you know, behavior so other than labeling what's a normal behavior and what's an abnormal behavior like right i would like to suggest that Instead of labeling them as so, what if we what if we try to understand behavior this behavior as are they adaptive or are they a maladaptive behavior, right? I would say that there's a very big difference when it comes to these two different terms being normal or being adaptive, because even in the definition of mental health, it doesn't include anything about labeling a be a behavior as normal or an abnormal behavior. In more towards, it's more gravitated towards um, identifying whether these behaviors are adaptive to this person or is it maladaptive, right? So you can you can understand from the definition from the World Health Organization, right? It states that mental health is a state of well-being in which the individual realizes his or her own abilities, can cope with the normal stresses of life, and at the same time can work productively and fruitfully. Right, and able to make a conversation to his or her community. So you can see even the definition here, it doesn't really involve anything about what is normal and what is abnormal. So I wouldn't say that one's mental health is determined by whether these behaviors are <coughs> normal or abnormal. Because it always comes to the point that whether this person can live adaptively through their behaviors, or maybe you can say that are these behaviors are able to bring them adaptively to live and to work around their their daily living and their daily life. Right. So going back to the behaviors, right? To identify this behavior, I would say that 
we look it whether it's adaptive and whether it's maladaptive because a, a person's mental health is actually influenced by their ability to function in the society, in their daily living, and how well they're able to use their behavior to make the best out of their, their life. There's an, another definition of mental health saying that mental health is being determined by the flexibility and ability to cope with adverse life events and functions in social roles. So you can see, right, mental health is actually being determined by the person's functions and the person's ability to cope with the, with the event. So let's go back to our first scenario in order to better know um, what uh, does it mean by an adaptive or maladaptive behavior. So let's say this, um, so let's see, right, this man actually going out to a social event and he actually find it difficult to um, mingle around with people, try, uh, having difficulty to socialize with people in the party and actually um, he wouldn't it is an it's a difficult thing for him to do right in um, socializing in making conversations and that can be a maladaptive behavior because it actually impaired him from making a meaningful conversations with people but let's say if this person right although he is nervous and he is uh, with um, you know although he's nervous he has difficulty to talk with people but what if this person actually able to um, go through, able to cope with his anxiety and start talking to people, then this, although um, they can present with similar symptoms of their nervousness in social situations, but one can be adaptive because he is able to make meaningful conversations, and another one can be maladaptive because he couldn't even talk to people. So this is the thing that I would like to, um, I would prefer to um, label or identify or determine a behavior to see as adaptive or maladaptive rather than seeing it as a normal or abnormal behavior. So even with um, one of the examples just now, right, um, being um, having a heart, increasing heart rate. Because increasing heart rate uh, in exercising, we are still able to exercise. So an increasing heart rate is an adaptive behavior because that's, a norm, that's just a body reaction towards um, the the exercising right but it can be maladaptive when your increasing heart rates actually prevented you from going out like prevented you from doing anything because of the fear of your increasing heart rates then it can be a maladaptive behavior because it actually impaired your um, activities of daily living so that's how i would like to um, throw it out there for the society for the community to know that um, sometimes it's not really important to label things is abnormal or abnormal or maybe you can think to yourself is it really important to label these behaviors as abnormal or is it more important to understand people and people's behaviors in a point that it's whether it's adaptive to them or whether it's maladaptive to them because it's more meaningful to understand it through that way right because we can actually see how these behaviors actually affect their daily living so right now you have gotten a rough idea of how to identify um, behaviors correctly using the more appropriate term, which is the adaptive and maladaptive um, term to identify behavior. So what else that you can do other than 
you know having more observations and understanding this person so what are the other key points that you can use in order to determine whether this behavior is adaptive or maladaptive so one of it being the age of the individual so let's try imagine that you're seeing someone um, going around naked only with underpants going running around in the shopping mall so given that if um, this person right it's a two years old um, child it can be quite a quite a normal behavior, right? Because this um this particular child, because children they just don't really understand what social norm is. They will just do whatever they feel like they want to do. They can just um they can just run around, um, they can just cry to throw tantrums on the floor without um you know thinking that how people will view them because they are just being child. They are just doing what child what children do, right? So but imagine that you are that you're this person who is running around naked right it's a four years old man it can be quite a maladaptive behavior right because there's no 40 years old 40 years old man that will run around the shopping mall naked it's something that would raise concern because it's it's not right to do it it's not part of the social norm it's not part of the social um, expectation to do it so that is how um, actually age can determine whether this behavior is adaptive or maladaptive so next, maybe the presence of the impairment. So let's say this behavior actually caused some sort of impairment to your daily living and the impairments actually have, have some sort of severity to it. Let's say um, you're, um, you're anxious about going out, right? Or you're having um, um, difficulty um, doing something and this, this severity actually goes to a long way that you are having months experiencing such anxiety then this severity of impairment can actually determine that this behavior is already a maladaptive behavior because it really stopped you from doing the things that you need to do and it actually cause more impairment cause more harm than good because sometimes anxiety can be a good um, it can be something good right because anxiety there is a good anxiety there's healthy anxiety and there's an unhealthy ones so if this anxiety actually prolonged and persisted through many months then it can be something maladaptive and especially especially when it has affected your daily living right the next thing i would like to also share that um, our behaviors are very much influenced by our thoughts right our emotions the way of the way that we think, our perception can be very much influenced by our behavior. So for this um, behavior to consider as maladaptive, normally um, this behavior would, would uh, already start to influence our train of thoughts. Let's say, um, going back to your first scenario, right, this person having difficulty to talk to people. So I would imagine that this person with social anxiety disorder he would think that people out there people in a party are judging him uh, and judge him on how he's low and they would um they would scrutinize him in a way that he would be extra more even more fearful or his anxiety would even be more um, severe in social setting so this is how um, the behaviors can actually affect our emotions our thoughts so once you have actually having these thoughts about your behavior right then something can pose um, a concern a clinical concern because it's already have some form of um, cognitive distortion because because in a social setting not everyone's everyone are out there to judge you or not everyone's are actually paying attention to how you behave 
because everyone are just busy going about their things, right? So it's just ourselves that we are so anxious, that we are so fearful that we are actually developing such thoughts, such cognitive distortions, as we would say, in this situation. And it actually gravitated your behavior because of your fear, then it would actually stop you from going out um, to socialize again. So it can actually see how this snowballing effect, that how our thoughts, uh, of our behaviors influence our thoughts, and then our thoughts will eventually affect our behaviors as well. So yeah, these are determinants of how, um, how we can identify whether our behaviors are adaptive or maladaptive. And some of the um, signs that we can also see is that how um, this behavior actually cause mood shift to us, or we will have a feeling of confused and overwhelmed being uh, mentally disturbed by our behaviors like let's say you're having such behaviors and then you suddenly feel uh, anxious at some time and you aggravated to to frustration and then eventually to sadness this this um this mood shift right can be quite can be one of the signs that your behavior can be maladaptive to you because these behaviors actually cause some form of impairment and this impairment can eventually lead to mood shift and the feeling of confusion. And some maladaptive behaviors right, right, can also be um, presented with, with the person having difficulty to take control of their behavior because their behavior can be so fearful, can be so anxiety-provoking that they can't really control themselves like a person who are having um, anxiety attack, right, or panic attack, like having an increased heart rate, they might feel a difficulty to control their signs, their heart rate, because it's out of control, and it's something that is maladaptive, it's something that they can't control, and it's, it's, not, it's not in their locus of control, right, and it can actually aggravate it to either form of behavior, like um, because of their fear of unable to control their heart rate, then they are uh, in social settings, then they would entirely lock themselves, isolate themselves in their comfort of their own home. So these are things that we can actually see how we can um, um, identify such behaviors as adaptive or maladaptive. Right, so I guess it actually covers um, how I, I would, you know, personally and professionally will to how we can identify behaviors as being um, how they should be identified. Because I, did, because I always felt that um, labeling something as normal or abnormal can be quite, um, quite discriminative and can be quite stigmatized because Behaviors is very much influenced by cultural values because in different cultures, right, the behaviors can be can vary. So for example, like in Asian cultures, when we talk, when we're having conversations, right, we don't usually look people in their eye. And as opposed to Western culture, when talking to people, we have to look to them in their eye because that's a form of respect, that's a form of, it's, that's no, the social norm to talk to people in their eye. It's, it's a, a, a basic courtesy to look at people in the eye, but for in the Asian, in Asian culture, especially in Malaysia, staring people right in their eye when talking to them is a very rude behavior. It's a behavior that is not really recommended in our culture, in our values. So does it mean that when we as um, Malaysians or an Asians going to a Western country and we are not when we are not looking them in the eye when we are talking, then it's an, an abnormal behavior? Yeah, of course, it is, it, it is an abnormal behavior, but is it a maladaptive behavior? 
No, right? Because we are still making meaningful conversation, just that we are not looking uh, into your eye. But that doesn't mean that it's we are not making a conversation, right? So by thinking, by labeling things as normal and abnormal can be quite stigmatizing, can be quite discriminative, especially when when we bring in bring in the um, when we bring the our cultural values and cultural perceptions into play. So that's why I would I would personally think that the term adaptive and maladaptive can be more appropriate when we when it comes to labeling or identifying behavior right so i believe that's about it about you know just me sharing a discussion and sharing um, to everyone about my thoughts my professional thoughts about how um, the society the community should label a behavior and i would really much um happy to listen f- to get some feedback from you and to listen more about what your thoughts are about um, my perception of behaviors so so if you're having some um, or maybe you're having some disagreement with me i will very much uh, welcome you to um to have more engagement with me so we can have a better understanding and even i might i myself is still learning um my way in the field of psychology i'm still learning how to you know better understand people and these are the things that i would and these are things I would want to share in this through this podcast as well, because psychology is very difficult. I would say it's a very difficult um topic. It's a very difficult field to study because every people are unique in their own way. They have their unique identity, unique personality, and we can't really use um, a particular term to pinpoint uh, someone's identity, someone's personality. It's very very difficult, and. And by understanding people, and people itself is difficult, I, I would like to say, people itself is difficult, and trying to understand people is even more difficult. So I very much welcome that um, our dear listeners can be, can, you know, um, engage with me to share with what are your thoughts about the discussions that we have today. Right, so before I close up today's episode, maybe I can share uh, one of the one of the um, wise words from one of the famous uh, psychologists, Viktor Frankl. He once said that an abnormal reaction to an abnormal situation is actually a normal behavior. So you actually think of it, right? So in an abnormal situation, in a situation that is out of, uh, out of the societal norm, and we react uh, abnormally to that situation, it can be a normal behavior in, uh, in the end. Because abnormal situation um, result in people to react abnormally and react differently in order to cope with that situation. And given in that situation is a normal behavior. Right. Okay, so I think that's that's all for um, today about um, um, identifying behaviors and what are the more appropriate way in order to determine these behaviors. Right, so if you feel that this episode is meaningful and beneficial for you, it will be very much appreciated that if you can save it or share it to your friends who might find it beneficial as well. And if you would like to continue supporting us on our podcast, do subscribe us for more discussions about mental health. We are available at Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts as well. And if you would like to have more information, do hop onto our Instagram page and follow us at The Young Psychologist. Please do know that this information shared here are for educational and general purposes only, and they do not replace the personalized nature of psychotherapy. 
So in the event that the things that we have shared here do elicit some negative psychological responses, I would really much recommend you to visit your local clinics or psychological centres for further support. And that's all for today. Till next time.